Hey folks, welcome to Don't Make Me Come Back There, a funny podcast about family. My name is Dustin Nickerson. I am comedian and host of the aforementioned podcast. We're here with Stephen English. Hey, also known as Producer Steve because yeah. of his responsibilities of producing the <laughs> aforementioned podcast. Aforementioned or aforementioned? Oh, I don't know. You know it's, I like yeah, aforementioned because it sounds classy. Yeah, it sounds more classy. Uh, that's a word that um, you'll graduate to one day. I don't know <laughs> what they teach you at Mizzou. <laughs> Journalism. Journalism. Okay. Yeah, you write the words. You don't know how to pronounce them. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, today we have a really fun episode with a one James Schrader. Yeah. You are in the San Diego comedy scene. You know who James Schrader is. Mm-hmm. James was, what, 2017's San Diego's Funniest Person? Yes. Some people think that second place had a better set that night. It's hot for debate. <laughs> That's not true. James buried me, and everybody <laughs> forgot I was on the lineup, and they voted for James for first, second, third, and fourth place. Yeah. I lost that competition enough times that I don't enter it anymore. <laughs> James is a very funny comedian, and he is a new dad, new-ish dad. He's got a little one. Uh, you can follow him on the social medias at at James underscore Schrader on Twitter. That is S-C-H-R-A-D-E-R, James Schrader. And then on Instagram, you can follow him at uh, Mr. James Schrader. Again, Mr. James Schrader, S C H R A D E R. James is a very funny stand-up comedian. James is a bit of an actor, yeah, a bit of a model. Oh. He's been doing various advertisements. <laughs> all right, all right. We've had enough. <laughs> We've had enough. Around town uh, here in San Diego. Yeah, uh, If you want to get your car washed, you might see James's mug there. Soapy or Joe's. Buy some Free soap plug. or something. I'm not going to mention any of those. <laughs> not a chance yet. Not a chance. Uh, James is, uh, uh, um, we talk a lot about in this episode about his life as a new dad and as a stand-up comedian and uh, as a married man and family man working uh, all the challenges that come um, from just that, balancing a career and aspirations and relationships and, uh, and having a little, a little, little one yeah. in the home. So Aww. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. James and I are, uh, some of these episodes um, I people I've never met. Some of these episodes are people that... Uh, uh, you know, I kind of know James and I started together in comedy almost around the same time, and he has just so continually uh, beat me in competitions that we've been together, <laughs> and just continually is a guy, when I see on a lineup, I just pray that I don't have to follow him. Also, yeah. James was recently the runner-up of the World Series World of Series comedy. comedy. yeah. What a great dude. Just a big, genuine, kind heart. And uh, I consider myself lucky to be his friend. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, well, we wanted to read an email. I don't know if people know this. Um, I don't know if you know this. People can send us emails. Yeah, I did. I did just learned about those. Yeah, <laughs> it's really uh, it's really convenient. You can email us at don't make me come back there at gmail dot com. Yep. Also on the socials at don't make me pod on the Twitter, and you can like us on Facebook as well. Uh, if you want to some content on uh on the on the instagram then just go and give uh one of us a follow at dustin nickerson and you yeah you don't even mr english comedy mr english comedy that's it uh we really like our favorite thing in the world is when you email us or you share us content with uh how you're liking the podcast how it's any questions you have those kind of things our second favorite thing 
which is actually our favorite thing, but it's I can't really say this as our favorite, is when you uh, like, rate, and subscribe. Yeah. All of those things. And if you're a subscriber, you're amazing. Thank you so much. You're the best. You're the best. And give one of those ratings five stars. And, uh, you know, share a little comments as well. But we got this one today. Uh, hi, host Dustin and producer Steve. Those names have stuck already. <laughs> you cannot give us, you can't address us by our last names, only our first names with our titles before. Name and rank, yeah. My name is Megan, and I am a college nursing student in Chicago. I'm going to be honest. The only reason I heard about it and listened to your podcast was because John Christ was going to be on it a few episodes back. Listen, no offense taken. But it hooked me, and now I listen much more often, and I look forward to the day that I'm able to hear you perform on stage. That's nice. Anyways, my question uh, came up because you had your wife in the room for the November 13th episode. I've always thought about how people that live on the road and go from city to city have a thriving uh family at the same time it's very clear that you love both your job and your family uh this may have been asked before but what role does your family play in your career as a stand-up comedian do you think that your role as a dad husband or friend is ever compromised with the job you have is or was there ever a point where you had to choose between your family and your career i'll answer for him uh let me just go in order uh, not a lot. Yes. What are the questions? You have to repeat the questions. <laughs> I forget. I already forget the answers. That's a that's a question that I got a lot as a comedian, and I don't I don't have a straight answer. I wanted to listen to that and then maybe kind of engage with it with Stephen here, who's also a married man. Yeah. You know I uh, I do work the road a lot. I think this is the question that I get the most, and so this probably won't be funny, uh, but I I want to talk about it anyways. My, me and my wife have been married. I have a very unique story. Yeah. And me and my wife have been married 14 years. When I started comedy, I had been married for 10 years. Excuse me, nine, eight, eight years, and we had two kids. Right. So I had a life. The before. perfect time to start comedy. Right. <laughs> That's right in the sweet spot. <laughs> <laughs> two babies at home. <laughs> uh, and to tell you the truth, our marriage is stronger than it's ever been and i as far as i can tell my kids are not damaged yeah um time will tell on that but honestly you don't have to be a comedian to damage your kids yeah. <laughs> i have a lot of friends who are going through ugly breakups being in your 30s i've realized is the start of the end of a lot of your friends marriages yeah i don't know if you feel that too but yeah definitely and that's okay. I'm, you know, I don't, without making any moral judgment one way or the other, I'm always bummed when a marriage ends. Yeah. Because every marriage started with hope. Yeah. And it just didn't work out. Right. You know, hope didn't prevail. And that's not, again, that's, I'm, you know, I'm a product of divorce. I have a lot of good friends who've gone through divorces and, I'm not putting any moral judgment on it one way or the other, but I'm always sad when it happens For sure. because it's a thing that people had hoped that would work out that didn't work out. And that's, that's always a bummer. Um, plus a lot of time you have to choose which one you're friends with afterwards. <laughs> 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 you hope we don't get assigned a either. You hope you get the choice and then just get assigned to one. One of my best friends, uh, is in a relationship with a comic. And when they broke up, they texted me that they agreed that my friend, Know who I was closer to got me in the divorce. Yeah. <laughs> I get Dustin in the divorce, which is pretty funny. Um, I don't, um, you know, it's it's a really hard question to answer. I 
I work from a couple of foundational things. One, my wife knows I would quit comedy in a heartbeat because yeah. I, I loved her long before comedy. Comedy is not my first love. Comedy is, to me, the best job in the world. For sure. But the job, I have a job to provide and for my family. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it's really the only thing that I've been good at. And we make a, a good living right now. We'll see how, you know, we'll see if, if how the next years go. But <laughs> my wife knows that they are first. Yeah. And um, it doesn't mean I run every gig through her, but it means that if I had to quit, I would. And right. I mean that genuinely. I was happy at the rec center. I'm happier now. Yeah. I'm happier now in my job than I've ever been in any job before. But, you know, no career can really make you happy. Yeah. I've come through this conclusion, and again, I know this isn't very funny for a funny podcast about family. The only thing that I can really find happy that can make me happy in this world are healthy relationships um, with friends and family and those close to me. And and these are the things that like I prioritize above all things. So, you know, my my comedy would be done in a heartbeat. Yeah. I you know whatever. I don't. I'll move to Salem and, and go make $40,000 a year and be the Prince of Salem. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I got no problem with that. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that the strain to me in a relationship, and I, I'm only speaking for myself here, this, the strength of my wife and I's relationship, there's a practical and then an impractical. The practical is that she gets it. My yeah. wife is an artist she is right-brained. She loves um, dreams and pursuit and art and chasing. I was very, probably very similar to your wife, yeah. who's in an industry very similar to yours. Yeah, and that helps. Uh, my wife is also highly independent, so when I leave, she's not just longing that I was. Oh, Justin's gone. She yeah. goes, "All right, he's gone. That's let's, important. Let's get the job done." Yeah. And the impractical one that is, I just am wildly in love with my wife. Yeah. I have all the affection in the world for her. I, I miss her daily. I look forward to seeing her every time I see her and uh, when, I, when I'm not with her. And, I, and the same with my kids. And so, you know, the temptations of the road or the grind of the road, it's, it's, it's there. But mostly the, what's hard about the road is I just want to be home with my family. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. I mean, yeah, it's uh, I think one of the main reasons that I wanted to get married to Dorothy was because one day she was weird. You know, I was talking about comedy and she was basically just straight up said like, hey, you know, just so you know, if you, you know, because there's going to be a time where I have to choose. Yeah. You have to be like a to be like a full time working comedian because I have a job right now. Right. I have to quit this job and I have it, a yeah. good job and I have, you know, but she was just straight up looked me in the face and was like, you know what? I support you. And. It's all good if if that's what we need to do. We need to like you know make some sacrifices, but we can do it. So that's like really important. I think yeah. when you're starting off on this kind of stuff is to be sure, be on the right, be on the same page from jump, and not just ambush somebody with it and be like, "Hey, I quit my job yesterday yeah. because I'm just going to be a stand-up comedian now for um you know I'm not making any money. You know I don't have any yeah. I don't have any like real career path. You know don't there's do not really that, anything. Man. Make sure you're on the same page and then wait until your actual yeah. opportunity is there before yeah, you know can, exactly what you want. I yeah. mean I want to family and healthy relationships more than I want anything else. So I think that's good. So I hope you guys, I hope that's somewhat helpful. Um, You know, again, I make, no, I've got plenty of, I don't like when people put a divorce on the fact that someone's a comedian or works the road. Right. 
Because I know a lot of guys with nine to fives yeah. that are in really bad relationships or divorces. Like it's not that. I mean, with the the consist the common denominator is that marriage is hard. Yeah, really hard. Friendships are hard. Yeah, you know, and I think that a career that is hard travel wise just exasperates things. Right. It just highlights them. That's yeah. all. So anyways, we hope that's helpful. Uh, this episode is much funnier <laughs> with James, but as you guys know on the podcast, we'll, we'll go up and down and we'll, we'll laugh and then we'll talk about some serious stuff too. So I uh, hope you guys like it. Don't forget to rate and like, and subscribe and uh, we'll see, uh, you know, enjoy the episode and we'll see you next week. Thanks we'll guys. See. Bye. Hey buddy. Thanks for being here, man. Oh, hi. It's our formal intro. That's the hello. Uh, Steven is allowed to talk if we I blink say, twice at him. I can say four <laughs> sentences an hour. Per, per hour. That's good. That's good. So that's <laughs> and I've already used two. Now I've used three. I'm done. Well, that's your quote. I'm done. He's done. Yeah. It's uh, it's not too bad in here temperature-wise. No, right? we're doing fine. We're doing all right. So far. So we it's going to get here. hotter. It I is. Know that. Yeah, when everybody gets in here. This is as cool as it's been in Lestat's in probably three months. Three mu- yeah. It's been some hot, sweaty, 45-minute shows. I asked Gordon Downs if he wanted to do a spot, and he said, no, message me in November. <laughs> so people have the... Gordon's also been doing this room for, what, 10 years? Yeah, he has, yeah. The very first hot set that I did here, I don't know if I've ever told you this story. I was uh, featuring, this is probably, this is long before I started running it. Mm-hmm. I was just doing spots. It was my first feature spot here. So I was doing 25, and... Uh, I was wearing flannel naturally because I didn't know and I didn't know that I got hot and that's what I always wear on stage and we got here and I was doing the set and like I knew I was hot on stage mm-hmm. I knew it but I didn't know to the level and like I could kind of see like people like kind of whispering and like pointing a little bit during my set and I was like what is happening that's not a good sign <laughs> why I mean I've, I I just assumed I was gnarly pit right. stains, which to get through a shirt and then the flannel is next level and like, I got off stage and I went and looked uh, in the mirror and there were two perfect circles around my nipples <laughs> two perfect sweat circles <laughs> <laughs> I have never heard of that. Uh, it I've, was never, I've heard of under boob sweat. Yeah, I've never no, heard of just it, straight. Up and over. It was the hair that led it. Oh, it was, okay. it was it as all. if you took like a, a, a pot of water or two big cups of water and just placed them perfectly right, there, right, right on there and then held them. And it was... Do you have a lot of hair in your chest? I don't know why. Not I didn't your think level. You uh, what do you mean? What, I, that's I'm, hurtful. I, I, okay. Pop them shirts oh. off. <laughs> Pop them shirts off. You don't I'll, see, I'll judge. <laughs> you don't seem like the type of guy that have a lot of hair on his chest. Well, not a lot. Not I mean, enough I, to make the sweat matter. I, I don't do <laughs> commercials of man soap in the woods. Well, <laughs> if you're, that's, hey, my, my career's got to go somewhere. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's the first. Real paying, consistent paying gig I've ever had. That's fantastic. You so. are, in many ways, James Schrader, one of the most unpredictable people I can, I can't land. I can never say what's next. I right? hope that's a good thing. Of I don't, course, I it don't is. know. Yeah. Your, your, I, your life is not hack. Your no. act. Mm, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, we'll edit this out, Stephen. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't, that's the one where it's like because I wonder like this has turned into a thing like now I'm officially a Dr. Squatch like spokes guy. My when, question when? is how did they find you? Did, was there like an Madhouse Comedy Club. 
Okay, they just saw the, you. The marketing so this firm guy took a break from making soap in his garage in his well, bathtub. He, he hired a marketing firm, and that marketing firm happened to go. The CEO and the COO and some other guys happened to go to the madhouse and right. see me like a week uh, after or a week before their big meeting. And they're like, "This is the face of." And they're like, soap. "We need a man." Yeah, they were like, "We need a man's man. We need like a guy, like a guy." And then somebody was like, "What about that guy we saw? Like that yeah. guy, that that guy?" And they were like, "Yeah, they brought me in." They were like, this is our idea. Do you want to just write a thing? We'll pay you to write it, and we'll see what happens. And I wrote it, and they're like, we love it. We want you to be in it. This is Uh, exactly what I'm talking about with you, though, James. Like, somebody will walk in and say, we need a man's man. That's our guy right here. What's his background? Uh, Cheerleading and dance? Yeah, cheerleading, (laughs) dance, uh, underground pipeline construction. You know, man's man. (laughs) Yeah. What's yeah. he? What's he do for a living? Oh, he does comedy. Also, stay at home dad. <laughs> yeah, of his ten-month-old daughter. So, <laughs> yeah, like that's he, the guy we want. We want a guy that looks like he would bite down trees, like a beaver. Mm-hmm. Like he's that mm-hmm. level of manliness. Uh, I'll but, whittle a canoe, right? I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think you should say that in past tense. I have whittled canoes, <laughs> yeah. at least one, plural, <laughs> multiple plural. canoes. But then you're also doing the – you found, like, this li- nice little niche here of uh, San Diego-based commercial company. It's, it's fantastic. All this, it's all raindrop marketing. If you're in San Diego and you got a business, hit up raindrop marketing. These guys are fantastic. They're doing stuff for a lot of big products all a, around you're town. You're on billboards now? I am. I'm on three billboards. You're My big, dumb face. celebrity. My big, dumb, manly is, face. <laughs> yeah, is on three billboards around one in Oceanside, two down in IB. When are you shooting those? Because I want to talk a lot about you doing the stay-at-home dad thing, though you're not the conventional stay at home dad because you're also a stand-up comedian a very funny stand-up comedian and you had a great day job you were selling some i was installing pharmaceutical robotics Uh, all over the country i think that selling pharmaceutical robotics and selling hospital things what i said is the exact same i was installing i didn't sell oh you didn't sell i was the hand i was installed it wrenching man i was just a guy with a wrench in his (laughs) hand there you go there's there's the man the man part yeah hey i got some machinery to install for you Mm -hmm. uh and so it wasn't, I mean, not that there are any stereotypes anymore. There's old tropes and mm-hmm. stereotypes of gender roles and who does what. Yeah. Uh, but my question is, when do you even do stuff like that in the conversation with your wife and the scheduling? I mean, because that's the, the people don't know, like TV stuff usually happens nine to five. Yeah. You know, that's a uh, this is they one. They know what my gig is. They know that I'm a stay-at-home dad. And I'll say this. Daisy has been to more meetings. <laughs> and now she just recently got too big. Like, now she's too alert. She hit, like, nine months, and all of a sudden she's like, I want to be part of the conversation. Yeah. Where before, she could just sit in my arm and literally just have a bottle during the entire no. meeting. That's how you got those gigs. Yeah, pretty much. She's we can't adorable. say no to him, guys. He needs this. He needs, look at this This is child. pursuit of happiness, only he's, the child's not in the lobby. Right. He's with yeah, us. He's with us. He's doing, he's make, yeah, she's making she's the sales pitch, so... <laughs> Um, but they were they were totally open to working with me, and they you know they've they've worked around my schedule, and you yeah. know they just give me plenty of time to write and do things. And I I, th- I think that that would make sense as you know, like you know, economy, workplace economy changes, workforce patterns and habits change. Yeah. You know, industries have to change too on their flexibility. And that's and that's what I think industry is starting to realize that you know what the happy our employees are. The more mm-hmm. we kind of cater, like before it was this like. Post World War II, nine to five, put on the tie, go mm-hmm. to work, then I punch the clock. That's what you do. Yeah. 
go and to it's Ford the, the factory, whatever, yeah. yeah. Or you're sitting at the or the guy at the desk. It didn't, but now people are starting to realize like we, you know, the nine to five doesn't mean anything because mm-hmm. the truth is most most of our employees could get everything they need to do done in like three and a half hours. Oh man! And the rest <laughs> of the time, now we know they're just online. Right. <laughs> and so that's that's why that's I think that's why it's you a big never deal. accept a friend request from your boss. Ev- Absolutely no. not. Mm-hmm. You can't. He can't be seeing all the likes you're doing. At <laughs> or eleven forty. Or she. Or she. Or she. Oh, bosses whoa. can be women. Oh, uh, Oklahoma <laughs> over there. That Jesse Egan shout out there. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, the, um, you know, I, I'm thinking about my last few jobs, and it was absolutely that. I mean, I think in the change of economy and workplace stuff too a lot of it is just the realization of you know most homes are dual income homes especially where we're at yeah for sure i mean if we lived in insert midwest city maybe it's different i don't know you know i don't the question is does it i mean is the pay i don't yeah i don't know because it might still be there too but just because the cost of living is lower also means the teacher makes less yeah well you could you got a lot of companies you could go to your company like listen you have to pay me more if you want to not be flexible for me because you know my wife's working i'm working kids get sick that's a thing that you know i saw a lot of my last job is that you know if a kid gets sick you know, it used to, you know, if there was a mom, the old kind of stereotypes of right. mom at home. Right. Now, I didn't, I wasn't raised in that, but, you know, mom's at home. If the kid's sick, the kid just goes home. Mm-hmm. Now, there's way more sick days because it's not just if you're sick. If kid's sick, someone's going Yeah, coming that's home. eating up time. Right. And then your boss is looking at you like, well, we got deadlines. Yeah. So. But you and your wife have just kind of found a way to do it. I mean, your guys' well, schedules are Well, it's been a struggle the entire time, time, truthfully. It's been a struggle. And, and the night, my, the comedy pulled way back. Sure. Um, farther back than I thought it was going to mm-hmm. and farther back than I was, than I am and was comfortable with. And even my wife, like we've, we've really had some discussions and, um, and we went from me being on stage six nights a week to, at one, you know, maybe like once a week. Hmm. Beca- and that I mean that this is also add a newborn baby right so when as much our, as I maybe yeah. want to go up like at the same time there's a newborn baby it's the, the newborn yeah the same thing happened when our third was born because I had two kids when we started and when Claire was born um it was the same thing it was like oh yeah I'll probably scale back a little bit and you're like there's a newborn you can't, yeah. can't leave yeah everyone's exhausted leave. there's not yeah nothing and now up, it's Steven. fine so oh yeah <laughs> get ready for that buddy you got not pregos, but just not married, yet, right? Working on it, though, working right? On it. Yeah. Do you need any notes or pointers? We both just, have made one. So. Just how, do, how does it happen? <laughs> how, does, how does it work? I just had the talk yeah. with Joel a couple months ago. I can fill you in if you want. <laughs> you had to have the talk? Well, yeah. I, it was, how old is he now? He's 11. 11. Okay. It's time. In this I day just, and age. Yeah, I just yeah. think that Innocence you couldn't. Dead. Yeah, it's true, man. It, I, there's just no way. And he's very... I don't want to say sheltered. Sheltered is the wrong word, but he does not um, have a phone. He does not have regular internet access. Mm-hmm. He, can, he when he gets on the computer, it, there's like three websites that he can check. I mean, he is, but he goes to school, so they all so, got phones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he's seeing everything. He's he's yeah. at school and he's seeing all. He of it. said yeah. this was the cue. He said. Um, Daddy, my girl's pregnant. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, six months ago, he said, uh, I, he was like on the computer. I was like, what are you doing on there? And he's like, no, like I'm looking at porn. And I was like, okay, it's time. It's t- yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know that you've seen it. I don't know that you haven't seen it. 
Um, but I, I have to have conversations, frank conversations. And we had a trip where he was coming on the road with me anyways. Mm-hmm. It was oh, just that's like, a yeah. good, yeah, that's some father-son bonding good stuff. It worked out fine. You got him a prostitute in whatever town right. you were in. 100%. Because I mean, he's 11 now. I have heard that true story. <laughs> too many times? Some, too many times. Too many times. That's, that's not, not even okay. a joke. That's the worst thing ever. ever. That's like, oh, gosh. I don't. Steven, you that's look, insane. You started. You had a look where you were gonna say it's insane, or I remember when my dad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it insane that they waited till eleven. <laughs> I don't saying. care what set of morals that you have. All right. Obviously, I lean a little on the conservative side. No, absolutely not. That's I don't, weird. Th- where does that be like? This is the right. Call. I mean, unless your kid hits like thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs> if your if your kid hits thirty and you're like, I'm pretty sure he's not. I was saying this joke uh, about in. In churches where, like, you know, a wedding, a young wedding is a big celebration. And then, like, if they're in their, like, 30s or 40s, like, this is more of a relief, honestly. (laughs) We weren't sure (laughs) if things were going to work out for you. But, yeah, of course, man. Of course it's hard. And with the newborn, it's – I'm sure there's tons of – the, the the expectations of what was going to happen before and your expectations versus how much you're going to do and hers and and I knew I mean that was the thing struggle. I was gung ho like when we discussed it my wife has a real job a real career and and it it did afford us and does afford us currently to to have me be a stay at home dad mm-hmm. and now the fact that I'm bringing in some money like uh, through comedy which the, the writing and stuff that's that's amazing but we don't we're kind of just nest egging that yeah, which that's is great gravy, yeah. Um, but once we realized that, and it was hard because, you know, my wife's looking at the situation going like, well, I'd love to be a stay-at-home mom. Mm. And I'm like, and I wish I was making enough comedy money to make that happen. Yeah. But what are we going to do? That's what I, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder, and I don't, and it's, it's funny because I feel like this thought, and it's not even opinion, it's a thought, mm-hmm. is almost offensive to both, you know, parties of the super traditional this is what our family needs to look like you know traditional home uh and this side which is you know men and women can do whatever they want of how much and this would be a question and you could really only speak from experiences you know how much goes into effect for like the maternal instinct of just like this was the child i want to be with this home with this child as much as i can not this, this is my job, this is where I belong, barefoot in the kitchen, that kind of stuff, right, not, but more but like, I grew this thing. See, I, I think that's ridiculously strong. I think there is an attachment that the mother has that, that I've witnessed that is, is exactly that. It, like, the baby knows her heartbeat because it was living next to it. Yeah, like, man. the baby knows her breath. The mm-hmm. baby knows when she's excited. The baby can sense through whatever because they were literally connected mm-hmm. for and nine maybe months maybe the baby knows your voice maybe no she does like no i definitely think she does like even no, when from you the, were born I mean, even that i was okay. surprised i mean because i would talk to her and then the belly yeah. and things like that but well, nothing you like you Chris, weren't going up so you had to work out I, this yeah stuff. i was working out the new stuff <laughs> did she kick in i don't know you know uh, that's an um, applause break yeah the kick is an applause break for sure <laughs> but it's been I will say, like, there's parts where, where truthfully, it's been hard because there have been times, even though I've been, like, the primary – I am the primary caregiver during the day. I'm the stay-at-home dad. I'm with the child all day yeah. long every day. Um, there are still moments where Christine's presence is just 
I, I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm there, but I, I'm not the one that you go to. I'm not the one, and that's and I get that. Yeah. And I will say, like with breastfeeding, and that say, that only strengthens the bond your even nipples more. Are useless to that useless. Child. And she has tried. She won. <laughs> she hoped, and I did too. There was part of me like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> like I've and that it's I'm the so biggest sorry. part. It's so funny because like the biggest part of that is is I just see how much, especially as a working mom my wife has gone through to try to keep up like what we've had to do to it's keep brutal. up with breastfeeding so while my wife is at work. I mean, it's, she wakes up before the baby, she pumps, then she feeds the baby. Then she goes to work. Then I give the baby what she pumped that morning. Then I drive to her office it's where so she has already work. pumped once at, once at work. And, and then she feeds the baby in my truck while I take that pouch home, give it to the baby at four o'clock. Dude, Stephen looks. Then my wife comes home. (laughs) No, my wife. We found out my wife spends eight or when we were in the height of breastfeeding because it's starting to kind of fade out now. She's starting to like self wean a little. But at the height of it, my wife was spending eight hours a day either hooked to a pump or a baby. I don't on top of everything else. I don't do anything eight hours a day, and I have a full time job. (laughs) Right, (laughs) and that's the thing. So add add that to a full time job. Text faster. (laughs) So I mean, I I wish. My nipples work from the standpoint of I saw how much my wife had to do, mm-hmm. and I couldn't. There's, n- I can't do anything. Stephen, can that be the soundbite for the episode? I wish my nipples worked. That's just going to be the me. That's the title. I wish my nipples worked. Nipples worked with- <laughs> oh man, yeah, I don't envy it. When our first was born, Melissa was still working, and we did a combo of I would watch maybe one day. And my mom was watching and she was pumping that it was just, you know, and I remember even working during the pregnancy was brutal. Just, mm-hmm. you know, she was working at, we're in Seattle at the time. She was working at, she, my wife's a graphic designer uh, and my wife's amazing. She can learn anything. She's like our accountant now. She can just, she's a learner. I saw that. QuickBooks for Dummies books. I saw that. Oh, she posted it. Yeah. Oh, she posted it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she embraces it. She's fantastic. I mean, we're running a family business at this right, point. Yeah. And, and she was a graphic designer and. But I remember she, we would, in this area of, of, Seattle is the opposite of San Diego. San Diego has all these really cool fringe neighborhoods, you mm-hmm. know, when we're in one of them right now. Seattle has, like, North Seattle and some South Seattles are some of the sketchier neighborhoods. And she would go through this one kind of hallway that this, this to walk up. It was, it was one of those, like, her building, you had to enter, like, an outdoor staircase to get to her mm-hmm. floor. And so it's where all the homeless pee was, right? Because you right. could just open it. Right. And she would, like, have a daily routine of, like, okay, well, I'll walk in, I'll get a whiff, and I'll vomit, and then I'll go to work. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> <laughs> just like your morning cup of coffee. Right, yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> you got to get, get your morning, you got to get your morning vomit in. And to add the biological stresses of a pregnancy, a labor, and then having a newborn to a workforce, it's insane. Yeah. So it, hard what she's going through. It's so weird to me, like, watching everything that my wife's gone through and the stuff with the state and the stuff with her company and the fact that, you know, everyone you – know, the, the, we live in California, too, where we have the – like, my wife got almost, almost six months, like five months and two weeks. Paid to, off? Uh, not It's not all paid, but it's all protected. But a good portion of it is paid through disability. Oh, I right? see. And – that's not enough. That's not like it's in the fact that the father, like I think I got unless kindergarten starts at six months old. No, right. it's yeah. not enough. So and it's funny to me because there's like this huge argument of like, why would I pay for other people's? Because you live here. Do you want do you yeah. want 
Because that kid grows Dumb up to be a-holes. your nurse. That kid's right. going to grow up to be your nurse and your bus driver and your. If that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your, like, know, do like, you want these kids to have. Yeah. Like a good solid foundation, or do you want forty of them to be in some daycare that they're all just be watching television? Like it's kind of crazy. Like it's it's changed my mind on a number of things. Of like, yeah, I you know, as far as I'm concerned, moms, dads, whoever you know, the family, di- the family itself, somebody, we should be putting some type of something to to be like, you're fine. Raise a good person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do your job. That's your job now. That's your do job that. now. Yeah. I, I, I totally and see sounds, where you're coming sounds from. Socialistic and no, it sounds socialistic. No, you know, no, no, no. I mean, listen, I mean, it, to me, it's, you know, I mean, we've obviously, based on what we do with our lives, you know, Melissa's a stay-at-home mom and has mm-hmm. been for 10 years and uh, not done me very hard working. So we share similar convictions. You know, in the workforce, I would just always run into, whether it's dad or moms, I would just, you know, who go, I can't wait to get back to work. And, you know, like mm-hmm. really kind of preferred that life. And I just think that one way or another, there's some sacrifice happening. So to have your kid go in the daycare, there's a sacrifice. Of course, there's a sacrifice. Right. You're getting less time. In the same way, for me to work, there's a sacrifice. There's a sacrifice for me having the job right. that I get less time with them. Right. And the sacrifice you know, there is, well, I mean, the majority of your kids waking hours will be with somebody, somebody else. else. But I also understand the flip side of like, hey, that's your life. And if you want to do that, that's fantastic. Yeah, And that'll I, install probably instill a work ethic and an understanding of those kids. And you can do what you want. And I also, in the fi- in the, but the, a lot of people you, would say You're saying too, this as if it's a choice, where I think most, that, that, that's, that's what the I was thing, it's not a, a lot of people, it's not a choice. Yeah, yeah. It's not, people, you know. But sometimes I feel like those, and maybe I'm wrong here, sometimes people made that choice before they had that kid because they got into a house and a couple cars and they got yeah. into and the, it's tight we got to keep that we got to keep yeah. this whole thing going don't we like yeah. there's all and that's and something my wife and i are now trying to like we're looking at everything and going like we need to reduce everything mm-hmm. we want to get smaller yeah. we want to go minimal like what do we need i've what heard a lot of people to- say we can't afford to have kids you know and you go oh oh okay. yeah okay yeah. you know who's having the most kids on the planet poor people <laughs> Yeah, you can afford to have them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, you can't afford necessarily to have them and that BMW. No. Or and that bigger apartment. That's that's the choice. So what do you you want? Yeah. And at this point, I would, dude, what I've learned and what I've experienced, like we were, Christine and I were talking today. She's 10 months old. She just started crawling a week ago. She signed, she signed strawberry today. She wanted strawberries and she signed strawberries because I've been working with her. And I'm like, you are a person you like <laughs> yeah. now you can go where you want to go and you yeah. just looked me in the eye and were like daddy communication more yeah. strawberries right. and i was like he's Phew. he's doing the signs i'm doing the signs cry, more buddy. strawberry whether or not and they're working i don't know i don't know if those are the actual those are the signs, actual ones yeah. more strawberry that's beautiful banana please water killing it were you at, i'm sorry this is a no, total side note go ahead as i touch your hand i know that's twice now <laughs> were you at the <laughs> show time. i don't like touch um the were you at the show we did madhouse together you were at the saturday show yeah so friday there was a uh table that had a deaf person mm-hmm. which happens one in every 500 shows right. or something like that it's happened a few times i'm sure that, that by the way that deaf person hates their friends for taking them to a comedy club <laughs> no they, they were so excited when i and when i walked the stage because i was uh second and i was like this is awesome 
this is so fun, mm -hmm. really cool. So the way that it would go is, you know, you tell the joke, and the interpreter would kind of like laugh and respond, and then sign, and then to the friend were, at the table. So cool, except when your joke missed. You watched it miss twice. twice. <laughs> <laughs> the deaf guy's just like, what? <laughs> and you would see the excitement in the deaf person's eyes to hear the joke. And then when the punch hit from the interpreter, it just go away. What, what's and, what's and the sign for hack? What's Justin? the sign you know? for not funny? Yeah, what's what's the, the sign? I'm sure you learned And it, I think yeah. it's just no response right. whatsoever. So teach your somebody child has, not funny. Somebody has, so I actually heard a comic talk about that. And I think it was in like a special or something. But it might have been like Tom Segura. I forget who. But he actually talks about how like he's done shows. And he says, I hate, like, I want them to enjoy themselves. I want deaf people to enjoy themselves and stuff. But don't don't come to my shows. He's like, because the, the problem is it's a it's a theater and then there's 12 deaf people and one interpreter standing like on, in front of the stage right here. He's like, and the problem is the whole time I'm performing and then I say whether it's like some cuss word or some strange cuss word or some weird whatever. It's a crazy sexual thing or whatever, you know, like whatever yeah. he gets into, whatever something that's like an out of the normal thing, which is where most jokes, the turn, the, you know, the, sure. the misdirect or whatever. The whole crowd stops paying attention and goes. What does that look like? And they all <laughs> and everybody turns over because they want to know what like donkey nipples <laughs> looks like from More an inter you know. Talk. We're not we're gonna lose our PG rating <laughs> on this one. Nipples are their anatomy. They are not. Yeah. You're right. There's nothing no, wrong I, with that's nipples. The, that's the doctor term for it. That's yeah. The as long as you know the doctor term. term, I think you're fine. <laughs> yeah. The doctor term. <laughs> that's <laughs> not the medical name. No, no. That's yeah. yeah that's the, not the. It's the doctor term. <laughs> Those are the doctor, doctor terms. Yeah. The doctor talk. <laughs> Yo, he's doing that doctor talk again. <laughs> so your kiddo, you said, is nine, ten, 10 months? 10 months, yeah. 10 months. I remember the most feeling human in this is when they started laughing. Like sincere, oh, yeah. tickle laugh. And it's so cheesy. Like I remember there was like um, this like mashup of Inside the Actor Studio where he would always ask that question, like what's your favorite noise? Mm -hmm. And every, they, they, it was like a mashup of like, 40 different people going, you know, my kid's laughter. Right. And, and I get that. It's That's such a, a hack. It's like such a generic answer, but you're like, yeah, it's the best. It is. And I've when the, the baby laugh, mm. you're like, you don't even know why you're laughing. I've been playing the, the called the Daisy piano when mm -hmm. I'm changing her. Cause sometimes she gets a little fussy. She doesn't like to be like laying there being changed. I'm like, I'm doing you a favor. Yeah. Why are you screaming at me? <laughs> right. Which and so I'll just all of that. Yeah. And so I'll play her. I'll call it the Daisy piano, and I just start it by her neck, and I just go, blah, 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 and I just like bounce my fingers and down her tummy and stuff. And yeah, and she just loses it. Yeah. And I'm like, this is ah. It's fantastic. And you never, as your kids get older, it'll be different things, different gags. Like, me and my kids have a thousand different gags. Like, mm -hmm. we'll do, me and my daughter, Gloria, when she's, and I'll go, uh, hey, let me hold your hand when we're in the car. And I'll put my hand back, and she'll put her foot in my hand. Mm -hmm. And it's been a gag four or five years. And, and it happened going, hey, organically one time, right? And became like a, a thing. That does, yeah, you're not wearing a glove. No, it's my, it, organically, and now it's, yeah. we did one. <laughs> So this is gonna sound awful. It's gonna sound just like I'm slapping my children, uh, and what you do? Let's, I mean, he, he let's, let's corporal punishment. This game is me slapping my children. The game is called thigh slap. We invented it over this last weekend, where we it started with playing on my bed, and now we'll play it on the trampoline, where they cover up their if their legs are not covered up, uh, then I slap their thighs like they're like bare thighs. Right. Just not hard, but hard right, enough that hard it enough. stings. 
and they're like, this is not, an, and they lose their minds. Like on the trampoline, like they're, they're not crying, but they're laughing and the, the excitement. Cause that's a fun game where you just think like, <laughs> I'm going to get hurt right now. Like, yeah. And you, you is it going to hurt? Is it going to hurt this? Yeah. yeah. And the, the little one, you're not some of the 11 year old boy, like you're laying into him pretty good. Yeah. He needs to know. It's the most fun thing in the world. It's the most, <laughs> you know, they're laughing, they're giggling, they're exciting. And you go, oh yeah, you're humans. We can connect. This is. Melissa said to me once, like, the reason we had kids is so you had somebody to play with. <laughs> makes sense. It totally <laughs> makes sense. So, I, yeah, the Daisy Piano, that, and that's the thing. That's not going to go anywhere for a long time. Yeah. You're going to have a thousand more of those things. No, I'm excited. It's so she's, she, let's see, nine, ten months. So she's not walking yet, but. No, she started to stand and hold on to things. She's not pulling. She's trying to pull herself standing. She can't do it on her own. Yeah. But she'll, like, hold on to the couch if I stand her up, and she can stand her for four or five minutes yeah do you do you to me that the idea of being a stay-at-home parent the hardest thing to me because you know i do watch my kids i like when dads say like well i'm babysitting your kids i am i get offended by that i've had people i because that's i have her all day so we go every monday we go grocery shopping we go run errands we do things you know like around town and i'll be wearing her on a tuesday and so i'll be like oh she's spending the day with dad i'm like every day Every day, Our life is with dad. Yeah. yeah, like it's it's been interesting because I do get I've like I've gotten like weird looks because I'm carrying around a little girl. Like I've got I, I don't get it, but yeah. I've had I've been shocked by how how many times. Now it's still a minuscule amount compared to how many people are thrilled about whatever yeah. and just happy to see a baby because she's just as happy, cute, yeah, adorable she's kid. a cute one too. But I have been shocked at how many times I've had people say just. It's just just a little backhanded. It's just enough of something to, to dig at, just, you know. It's a little, yeah. And I'm like, this is 2018, like, like, and the number. I forgot. This I, is the I world knew the stat because I looked it up one time. But like, the number is growing like a, a lot by how many stay-at-home dads it's there are. It's probably from older people too, right? Who are making the little like backhanded mm. comments or no. yeah yeah they're yeah. older than me they're yeah. not younger than me that's for sure <laughs> no, that's how you realize you're like 36 yeah yeah I guess older because they're old, yeah I think the hardest thing about what you're doing and if any stay at home parent would be you know when you go to a job you get up you shower you go out you socialize this the, there is a there's a drain of constantly being on with your child and and you never off work that's one that's, thing is it, yeah that's something where i've actually it's been hard to actually convey that to my wife because i know once she's killing herself to do her full-time gig which is a very high level high responsibility gig and she's good at it and that's great but add eight hours to that of the breastfeeding situation and then add a baby when she gets home and missing the baby all day because i know she does because that's hard on any parent let mm-hmm. alone the mother who had that bond and knows Absolutely. that all day long she's not with the baby. But it's been hard because I think there are times when, like, my day doesn't end. Like, and I've said that to my wife, like, when you get off work at five, like, you're off work. Mm-hmm. But when you come home, I'm not off. Like, I'm, I'm off for, like, what, an hour, you know, an hour. If I go do sets for two hours, then I come home. But then you go to bed, and then I tuck her in at – I give her a last bottle at 11 oh, so and put her back down. Too, yeah. and then And then I'm the only one that gets up at night because my wife's got to work tomorrow, and I mm-hmm. get that, and that's fine. And so I have the little monitor next to me, yeah. and if she needs to get up at 1 a.m. for a change or 5 a.m., and lately it's been 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. for the past few weeks, and I just – I'm the one that gets up, mm-hmm. and I'm like – my day is like I'm, I, it's not a job because it doesn't end. And if she ever. naps during the day, that's sometimes I think there's a misconception like, oh well, you just nap too. That's your only time to get stuff done. That's what. And the that's funny when thing you is, shower. That's when you go put on that buddy. That cult showering. Stuff. I yeah. 
Oh my, like showering <laughs> is something that I didn't realize. Like I went through a spell where my wife was finally like, like you, you're like letting it go. <laughs> you're let, like you, you smell your oh, side of the bed smells. And I'm like, what am I, when am I supposed to do this? When, yeah, when am I, I've been in my PJs. You do both yeah, I was in all this free yeah. soap is just, sta- just stacking this is pre, up. This pre, just this stacking pre, up pre squatch, oh, man. <laughs> this is all pre squatch. Now, now I got an unlimited supply of squatch at home. I'm just I'm, rubbing. In the just, bed. Yeah, I don't even take showers. I just, I just rub it on. We have this. Um, but I got stinky because, like, course. all of a sudden I'd realize, oh, it's been three days. That's a lug. <laughs> because I don't know when I'm supposed to do a lux- this. Yeah. Apparent luxury is a long shower. Mm, we mm-hmm. do. We have a thing. I get it on, on weekends and I'm home. Or when I get home, it's called Dad Spa. <laughs> and all it is is a shower that's maybe 10 minutes longer yeah. than a normal one. I'll shampoo and conditioner, just treat Ooh. myself, mm-hmm. maybe cut my nails. That's wow. it. Maybe I'll, may, if, if I'm really splurging, I'll bring a cup of coffee and I'll lay down in the shower for maybe five minutes with oh, a cup yeah. of coffee. That's a dad spa. That's, and that's a luxury. That's a nice. Because, and no one can bother me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. I, I can appreciate yeah. that. I can totally appreciate that. That's the most jealous that. you've been this whole time. <laughs> that sounds... That sounds amazing. But yeah, when when I mean you, because you are still doing a job where you people message you about bookings and oh, things all the, and, and now with the writing, it's been trying to fit that in. But even even before that, you're right. Just with comedy, it was like I and and I'll say this, in the beginning, so we're ten months in, I had to say no to a lot of shows, mm-hmm. and I noticed that those people would hit me up like one more time. But in ten months, that's a lot of like, hey man, you want to do this? Hey man, you want to do this? And you're I'm lucky like, hey, we I can't took you do back this. here at Lestat's. I know, you are I know. Lucky we took glad, you back. I mean, I have your cash, but <laughs> it's the kind of thing where I realize, like, oh wow, okay, they've stopped asking people because I've said no. About, yeah, yeah, and I get it. You're out of sight, out of mind. I get totally. it. Totally. And so that that's been tough too. But I've been kind of reaching out and getting back up. And like, thank God we got you know Robert at the Madhouse has been. He pretty much told me he's like, I know what. He pulled me aside and he was like, I know what you're going through. I know how hard it is. I've got kids myself. You know, this club is open for you. Like, as long as you just give me some heads up, I can try to get you on any night, even if it's last minute. Just, just reach That's out. Beautiful. You know, because I know that if you can get a way to do it, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, I'll do what I can. So, do you? How does that work? Just practically, do you at the beginning? Do you run your like? I'm just like when we first started and we first knew it, like I would essentially if I got offered a set, I would ask Melissa before I could do it. We've reached a point now where I just say yes or no, I can make it. But right. are you running those like, hey, especially yeah, especially now like leading up World Series of Comedy is the end of the yeah, month and I'm go doing road, and I'm, yeah. go, I'm going to Indiana on the 26th, right? And to do that, you're doing an eight minute set to get into the f- semifinals, then another eight minute set, and then if you get into the finals or the final whatever it is, you're doing 25. This is for one of the satellites of it. No, this is it. This is in it's Indiana. In Indiana. Yeah. Used to be in, in Vegas. Yeah. Now it's at a now it's at a <laughs> casino, two hours southeast of Cincinnati, an hour and a half north of St. Louis. It moved from Vegas to Indiana. It's like the Super Indiana. Bowl. It's like yeah. the Super Bowl. Now it's just like, yeah, it used it's, to be Miami, it first, San Diego. The first Seahawks uh, Super Bowl they went to was in Detroit. Oh, boy. Bummer. Yeah. So you, but, yeah, so you have so to run I'm all. So prepping like, for this, and she's been awesome about, like, this. And I told her, I was like, hey, I'm going to try to do every weekend. I'm going to try to go up. Like, this month she's really in my corner with it. And she, the truth is she always was. She really was supportive. She really was. And I probably pulled back more than I had to because I was tired and stressed. And I didn't want to add to her stress and, and make, you know, worse. Uh, or just because that's the other thing. It's like as soon as you have a kid, you're, you're exhausted. Nobody's sleeping. You're handing the child back and forth. And the truth is, like, our communication, I'm sure – did you guys have 
like once you have a kid, all of a sudden, like like yeah, we're in a relationship, but the kid's more important than yeah. anything right now. So and it's just do the taking kid this thing. different toll of level of like the communication. Like you're just not doing well enough physically and emotionally yeah. to have good communication. Yeah. And what do we have to talk about? Is the kid fed? Is yeah. the kid is the kid uh, clean? <laughs> I mean, can we go back to bed? Melissa, I think maybe I've told this story before. But Melissa said to me once after Gloria was born, our second kid. Um, she, we had just this like desperation throwdown, and the and I was like thought I was doing everything right, and she goes, "There's nothing you can do to make me happy," and I was like, "Thank you for finally saying that." Yeah, now that's we an important... can start communicating. Yeah, <laughs> now we're on the up and up. <laughs> well, you're doing a great job, man. I appreciate you swinging Thank by you. for this, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited me. To, to watch your comedy career. I'm excited to watch your kid grow up, and uh, I'm excited I always get to do comedy with you. So, All right, love you, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. If you have not done so already, please rate and subscribe. Follow us on all the social medias and share with all of your friends. Also, if you want to shoot us a note, uh, you can email us at don'tmakemecomebacktheir at gmail.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode and you have not done so already, please go back and listen to all the episodes we've done before. Thanks so much, everybody. Thanks so much, everybody.